Sunglasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Hara. And I'm Bray Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we are talking about the ways to use the library and interviewing author T.L. Huchu. But first, Bria, what are you reading? I just read a book that you have recommended. It came up in my book club, so I thought I would just go ahead and read it. It's The Remaking by Clay McLeod Chapman. I fucking love that book. Yeah, it's great. And this is this is like, it's an interesting crossover. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's an interesting cross between um, uh, a horror book, an unreliable narrator, um, a little bit of true crime, uh, which is really interesting, and then, um, and witches, which we know after... Y'all, we know so much about your wheelhouses now because we had, we, <laughs> Mallory and I literally gave um, recommendations, book recs to like, Mallory, how many was it by the end? It, I think we gave out, I think it was like 150 or 160 book recommendations. Witches are huge. Witches are a thing. Yep. And now I'm like searching out books that feel, fit y'all's wheelhouses just so I can recommend more books to you. Um, but this one, it's about, um, uh, this movie that's being made. And um, so it starts with this movie being made and it, it feels like the little girl in the movie is like, maybe she has a, like it's about this witch that was buried that was buried and burned alive, uh, burned alive and then buried. Um, and um, it feels like the little girl who's playing like the young version of the daughter of the witch has some connection with the witch. And then things happen and then we move forward in time and uh, this actress is now an adult, but things went really poorly for her. And then we move forward in time again. So there's like, there's uh, multiple storylines, um, uh, but all around this one legend of this one witch. So if you love books about witches, books about filmmaking uh, that are true to life, I feel like he did a great job. You know, this is something that bothers me. I do not like it. If it feels like <laughs> it's true, it's not it's true. It doesn't. It's like they've never seen a movie being made in their entire life. But obviously Clay had. Um, this is just a great book. I love this. Great. Definitely would recommend uh, to any horror fans out there. Uh, what are you reading, Mallory? Yeah, it's um. I was just going to say, it's a good book. Remember, we've, we during the drive, we got a few people who like like stories within a story. Yes. This yes. is a perfect people. But this is a perfect people for who book? No. <laughs> this is a perfect book for people who love stories within stories and lay, like lots of layers in, uh, in a book. Um, but I am also reading a book that I was inspired to pick up after our drive because I was like, I got to read more witch books. I, like, <laughs> I feel like you and I read a lot of witch books, and clearly it's not enough. Not enough. Not nearly enough. Um, uh, so I'm reading a YA book called The Wicked Deep uh, by uh, Shay Earnshaw. So it's a, it's a book about this teenage girl, and she lives in this small town on the West Coast. I think it's in Oregon. And uh, this, like, small sea ta- like seaside fisher town. And um, every year the town is very unique because they have this curse where these three women, these three sisters who the town murdered like 200 years ago in a witch hunt come back every for one for two weeks every year and inhabit the bodies of three teenage girls. And each one in the body of the teenage girl kills a teenage boy. And it's like the curse is that like in revenge for being murdered, they come back every year and and, and kill these boys. Um, and the main so the main character, you know, the, everybody in the town knows it's sort of like Hex in that way. That book, mm-hmm. that book that we, we talk about a lot where like the whole it seems like it shouldn't work, but like the whole town knows and like every like everyone like there's a whole event every year like people 
like start partying on the night that it happens and like the the sisters have never been caught they know that they inhabit the the bodies of the of the teenage girls um but every year it's no one no one knows who uh who gets inhabited and of course a sexy mysterious boy has shown up in town this year and the the main character who doesn't who normally just sort of like hides in her hides in her house all the, during the whole whole time so she doesn't get taken um now she has to go out because she has fallen for this new sexy stranger and she wants to protect him from these witches and he has secrets and she has secrets and um there's a lot so it's it's all and these witches are almost more like sirens mm-hmm. so if you are a person who likes sirens or mermaids this book might also um scratch your itch but it's like small towns witches sirens sexy teens um it's really really fun so far and i think it scratches a lot of uh people's wheelhouse itches so that is the wicked deep uh by shay earnshaw these books feel like they'd be a match by the way like you could read them back to back because they both have like this like witches who come back every Mm -hmm. however many years yeah uh and mine is the remaking by clay mcleod chapman don't make witches mad So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, Jessica wrote in with some follow-up. So Jessica was the listener from Rhode Island who was struggling to read inside. Oh, yeah. And, Jessica, and we gave her some advice about how to make a nice reading place inside. Um, and Jessica says, hello, I wanted to thank all the lovely glassers for their suggestions. I have gone with the I'm an adult and no one can stop me option and put a hammock stand in my office where my mindset is already on not looking at my phone. See attached photo. Keep up the great reading. And P.S. If other glassers are interested, I recommend the Eno Double Nest Hammock. Love it. I love this. Okay, great. We'll link to the show. We'll put that on our Instagram. That's so exciting. Um, Kirby wrote in with a wheelhouse. I've been listening since episode one, and I just love this show so much. It's always a bright spot in my week. Listening to y'all geek out about books is so much fun. I just want to write in to share some things. Because of y'all, I've been working on my wheelhouse and doghouse. For my wheelhouse, Talking Cats. Secret and or magical libraries. Oh, on theme with today's episode. Found families. Cats in space. (laughs) Magic in space. Magic schools. Girl gangs. Strong female friendships. And that's the end. Okay. Also, uh, uh, last comment from Mallory. Towards the beginning of lockdown, you posted a thread on Twitter about how you and Jeremy got together. Part of it was, we're in an apocalypse. Shoot your fucking shot. Well, at the time, I was going through a divorce and the world was collapsing and my best friend was being just the absolute most supportive and I caught feelings. I was, str- oh, I love this this email. I was struggling with those feelings because the divorce was still happening and it seemed too soon or something. But then I read your post and probably cried a lot. But then I put on my big girl panties and took my shot in the entirety of last year three good things happened and that was one of them so just wanted to thank you for giving me the courage to shoot my fucking shot p.s we were able to finally go on our first real date last weekend and it was to an indie bookstore that has been doing private browsing thanks ladies for being the best oh my god oh my god love connection yes Wow, fucking yes. Please keep us posted. I love it. I love this. Yeah. I remember this. But I it was right at the beginning of the pandemic and I was telling the story of how Jeremy and I my boyfriend and I have been friends for a really long time but it was one of those situations where either I, I would be in a relationship or he would be in a relationship and by the time I got out he would be in one and vice versa so I uh, was in the middle of my lady from the Black Lagoon book tour and I had just left my ex and I was so afraid that if I had like waited a long time that Jeremy would find someone else to date. So I was just like, screw it. And, and shot my shot. Yeah. And I, so, and I encourage other people to do the same. So I am, Oh, first dated an indie bookstore. Kirby, so you, cute. 
Smooth moves. Yeah. This is amazing. I I love this. I I love bookish dating stories. And congratulations, Kirby. Bookish dating should definitely be one of our, uh, bookish dating should be one of an an episode. It's very cute. Oh gosh. Also speaking of, I don't know if you saw in our, uh, uh, Slack channel, but I just want to shout out a classes a classer named Gina who's in our Slack channel who just got engaged. Oh wow! And then her fiance brought her to a bookish themed bar wow. to celebrate. So we should do a whole episode on bookish on bookish dating. dating. So congratulations, Kirby, and congratulations, Gina, for both of us. That made my day when I read that. So cute. Uh, so a couple bookmarks for me. One, uh, I am one of the hosts of the Nebulas this year. Uh, so the as you're listening to this episode, the Nebulas are on June 5th, which is a Saturday. You can watch them. Um, I'm very excited about the award that I presented. Um, and there's a lot of really fun hosts, a lot of really great books and movies that are nominated. So if you're looking for something bookish to do on your Saturday night, uh, absolutely check it out. Just Google. I, I'll, I'll put a link to to the event in the show notes. Um, and I also want to thank all the booksellers and librarians who have already reached out. And I just want to reiterate the call. If you are a, a bookseller or a librarian who wants an advanced copy of Girly Drinks, please email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. I have already uh, already gotten a bunch of emails. It's been really exciting. Um, but I would love to hear from more of you. So booksellers and librarians, please email me. Uh, readingglassespodcast at gmail.com and for everyone else if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month you can sign up for our newsletter there's a link in the show notes and before we talk about the different ways to use the library we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is supported in part by The Rock from the Sky, a new children's book by John Klassen from Candlewick Press. John Klassen is a number one New York Times bestselling creator with many titles and awards to his name, including a Caldecott medal. In The Rock from the Sky, critters, and we all know everyone loves books about little critters. So these critters are adorned with various hats. Also very cute. They all have their favorite spot in a rather post-apocalyptic looking landscape, but they remain blissfully unaware of a large rock hurtling towards them, threatening complete oblivion. So folks, we've already got some wheelhouse items in in, in this story that we know a bunch of you love. Yeah, that's true. Post-apocalypse, cute animals. I don't know if hats are on people's list. Maybe cute animals with hats could be in your wheelhouse and you don't even realize it. (laughs) Klassen is known for his deadpan storytelling. As reviewers have commented, this is Waiting for Godot imagined for the playground population. So right now you can get The Rock from the Sky wherever you get books. Check it out. Glasses. Glasses. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. (laughs) In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! This week, 
You all know how much we love libraries. What you might not know is that there are so many different ways to love the library far beyond just checking out books, which even if libraries were just checking out for just checking out books, that's still amazing. So on today's episode, we're going to delve into some cool services that libraries offer. Uh, first off, Bria, how do you use the library? Um, I use it as a reader, mostly. What's interesting is I don't actually step foot in the library very often. I am usually, I'm an e-reader, so I download books, uh, e-books from the library, as people know, or I'm usually always listening to some book on Libby. Um, uh, and I'm always, I'm always on the website. So I use the library's website, like, all the time. I'm always looking for what's coming up on my holds. And, and when I'm not, like, bugging my library website by figuring out what's going on, my library website is bugging me. You know, like they're always coming at me <laughs> because uh, they contacted me to be like, Bria, you have a book waiting uh, almost uh, multiple times a week for sure. Um, I, I mean, I I used to use the library in person a lot more. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I spent a ton of time at the downtown library because it was a place I could go and use the Internet for free. Uh, I could be- get free books when I still read physical books a lot. Uh, I could I could hang out there for long periods of time without judgment and not have to deal with my roommates. It was like a very great place. But now I definitely use it more in the I almost said the E way, but the internet way. I use it much more as an internet user. Um, But it is a place I go to quite a bit. You know when, like, you pull up Google or whatever, and it's like your most, it shows you, like, you're like, you probably want to go to these, your most visited websites. And it's like your email. And uh, mine is always, like, the library is, like, one of my top ones. I remember I was talking to a mutual friend of ours once and he was t- telling um, telling me about this uh, co-working space that he's paid a lot of money every month to use. And he was describing it. He was like, yeah, I get free Wi-Fi. I get to use my own table. And I was like, you know, you're describing the library, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what, uh, what do you mean? I was like, you could just go to the library. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, Mallory, what about you? How do you how, uh, how do you use the library? So I am definitely what would be classified as a heavy library user. Like if uh, uh, we were in the library MMA fights, I would definitely be the heavy heavyweight. Um, so I get most of my audiobooks through Libby um, and the rest through our LibreFM account, but I get a lot of audiobooks. I have been reading a lot of ebooks. I also frequently order print books. Um, I was really worried when I moved. So... I, I just recently moved from Los Angeles up into the mountains near L- L.A. And I was very concerned about limited book access, being away from a big city. Sure. I, more than like being eaten by a bear, I was afraid that I wouldn't have access to as many library books. But my library shares with all the other county libraries around here, mm. with, uh, which is awesome. Uh, so I don't have to worry about that as much. And also for my work, I do most of my research through the library, through both ebooks and print books. Um, I literally could not afford to be a nonfiction author without the library. Uh, it would be impossible for me. Um, I also use the library for all kinds of random things. Like uh, up until very recently, uh, I didn't own a printer. So I would just go to the library to print stuff out if I needed it. Like mm-hmm. if I needed to like send, uh, re- like return something I bought online and print out the um, the the return label I would just go to the library like oh yeah I I it's I'm definitely the sort of person that if I ever have any kind of problem in life my first thought is like can I solve this using the library (laughs) usually yes uh so there are all kinds of cool ways to use libraries um like printing is definitely one uh but um 
many libraries, as we've talked about on the show before, they have Libby or Overdrive, which lets you check out audiobooks or ebooks um, on your phone or on your computer. Um, some of them have Canopy, uh, which is a way to stream movies for free. My my first film is actually on Canopy, and I have other films on there as well. People have told me they've watched like After Midnight on Canopy. Um, uh, and Hoopla, awesome. which is a great way to check out comics. Um, and most offer free uh, genealogy services, uh, which is pretty cool. And many have magazines or journal um, subscriptions. I know in grad school that was a huge thing is that I needed access to tons of journals and magazines and um, uh, use the libraries all the time for that. Yeah, one of the things I got really excited about up here in the mountains is that my new library has a New York Times subscription that you can access for free. So if Love you've that. ever been wow, on the on Twitter or on social media and there's like a New York Times subs- uh, article that you really want to read and you click on it and it's like, you You've already gone over your limit this. for the month. You've read your five articles or whatever you're... You- <laughs> You could be like, not today, New York Times. I'm a library user. Yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Mallory, we asked folks on our Slack channel about the cool ways they use the library, and they responded, and we want to share some of their responses. Yeah, the responses were amazing. One person said that their library has a seed library where you can obviously permanently check out seeds for plants and veggies. All you got to do is bring back any seeds that your new plant make new plant makes if you can, um, which is so cool. Yeah. And some libraries have tool and cookware libraries. So things like you need a shovel, you need a rake, you need a special kind of baking pan. Uh, dress forms, appliances, even I saw someone talking about getting a steam cleaner from oh, the library. That is great because you know what? I should check and see if mine has one because I have rented a steam cleaner. It is a pain in the ass and it is expensive. And you, it's like it is very it, expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's a total pain in the ass. You have to go down and like get it, and then it's like a hundred bucks or something. It's like that can't be worth it. Um, it's really heavy, and then you have to buy all the stuff that goes in it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, a few people also talk about the classes that their library offered, from art classes to language classes um, and book clubs. A lot of a lot of libraries offer book clubs and other um, event groups. Um, some libraries even do D and D, and some people talked about uh, video, puzzle, and board game uh, library uh, groups that their libraries have. Yeah, that is really cool. Because I mean, if you were a huge board game person, you know that board games can be really expensive. So if you want to have a game night with your friends, you can imagine checking out a board game from your library. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, even um, like even I think the the smallest libraries are going to have like puzzles and stuff for kids. Like they're going to have oh. stuff that kids can play with. So cool. Uh, also, some libraries offer things that you'd never think you could check out. Uh, artwork, babysitters, handy people, being able to check out some artwork. That is so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, one person said that their library has a a, a skeleton that that's can be right. We out. got like a email about that, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, like a I assume a, a a life size skeleton, like a human skeleton. It was a human skeleton, right? I'm assuming so. Like I'm thinking of like a skeleton in the way that it'd be like an educational tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just like we have a bunch of spooky Halloween skeletons <laughs> that you can borrow. <laughs> And lots of classes said their libraries have battery recycling programs, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome because I never know. I especially for um, reading, recording reading classes because now we've been we've been recording remotely for almost a year and a half now, and I use a lot of batteries for yeah. the Zoom, and I never know what to do with them. But it's nice to know that you can um, bring them to the library if your library has that program. Um, so, Bria, how how do you access this stuff or find out if your library has it? 
Uh, I mean, you can ask. You can ask and also check out your library's branch website. The branch website is what you need because the main big one, like I know like Los Angeles, we have a huge website that's like all of LAPL. But if you go to your specific branch website, it's going to have information like this. Yeah, that was one of the first things I did um, before we moved was check out check out our library's branch website. And it's awesome. They like they have a thing at my library's website where um, you can download this app where you can print to the library from your phone. Oh, directly. Great. Wow, that is great. That's awesome. Yeah. So you could be at home and be like, oh, no, I got to print this thing out. Print it like bring up the thing on your phone from the library, print it out, drive over to the library and pick it up. Amazing. And like pay 10 cents or whatever it is. Like that's amazing. And there's, um, um, it's something that I highly recommend if you are, like Bree said, when you move to a new place and you need somewhere to hang out, like if you looking for resources, I know up here, uh, there's a lot of hikers. So like right when you walk into the library, uh, they have tons of resources for people who are hiking the Pacific mm. Crest Trail. Um, it's just like a great hub for your community and a great place to take classes or hang out or, you know, use a... Um, if you just need a, a space that isn't a coffee shop that you don't have to pay it to be in to, to, to read or, you know, have some, some quiet, you know, the, the cool thing about the library is that it's almost even more peaceful than a coffee shop because there's a sort of unspoken, like nobody's going to talk to you kind of deal. It's true. And, and some have coffee shops inside. The one in Kansas City, Whoa. they have a big they have a coffee shop inside the library. So you can mm-hmm. be in the library, use library stuff, but also go to the coffee shop if you need that that hit of caffeine while you're there. Which, you know, if you are doing a lot of research, you might. Um so we're gonna we we, we have more things to talk about libraries, but we're gonna take a quick break. You can send all your thoughts to reading bosses podcast at gmail.com. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Owl Crate Jr. Owl Crate Jr. is an award-winning subscription box for kids ages 8 to 12. Every box is carefully put together to encourage curiosity, creativity, and imagination. Each one includes a brand new hardcover middle grade novel, wicked cool, an exclusive letter and signed book or book plate from the author, and activities and goodies to go along with the book's theme. And best of all, they ship right to your door, starting at only $27.99 a month plus shipping, which is basically the price of an adult hardcover book, but you're getting a lot of fun stuff in to go along with it. Yeah, so whether you have a young bookworm in your life or you're looking for a fun way to encourage a reluctant reader, Alcrate Jr. is the perfect subscription for kids ages 8 to 12. So I uh, let my my friends Janine and Mark and their kids Henry and Margot test this box out um, since I don't have kids myself and I wanted to get a real, real authentic kid opinion on Owl Crate Jr. And the consensus is big hit. I got texts from Mark and Janine and they were like, big hit. The activities were huge. And especially now when, you know, we're all still generally stuck inside especially kids we're all still trying to be safe we can't bring kids out into the world like we used to summer's coming up so if you're looking for uh something that is i mean everyone loves getting a monthly subscription box and kids get really really excited when that box comes and the themes of the box are cool some of the past themes include winged beasts and elements and alchemy epic quests and so much more i mean what kid doesn't want to get a themed box around epic quests every month 
Yeah, I was just looking at some of their themes online, and there's so much cool stuff. Um, our, earlier this year, they had a magic-themed one that um, you got Amari and the Knight Brothers book, and then you also got gel pens and um, a tea blend and uh, collectible stickers. We know how much everyone loves stickers, y'all. Uh, and and uh, you are awesome journal. So this is such a really great gift uh, for the child in your life. Yes. And also, you're in a book. That you can read afterwards. There's no law that says that you can't read your kid's book after they're (laughs) done with it. So you can head to Owl Crate Junior right now and save 15% on your first subscription or non-renewing gift. That's right. You can also get this as a gift. If there is a kid in your life who is has a birthday coming up and you haven't seen them in a while because, you know, the world is is gone very ridiculous and a lot of us haven't seen our friends and family in a long time this is the perfect gift for the kid in your life you can go to owlcratejr.com right now with the code glasses at checkout and save 15 percent that's owlcratejr that's just jr not the full word owlcratejr.com promo code glasses 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 are you feeling elevated levels of anxiety Do you quake uncontrollably, even thinking about watching cable news? Do you have disturbing nightmares, only to realize it's two in the afternoon and you're up? If you've experienced one or more of these symptoms, you may have FNO, news overload. Fortunately, there's treatment. Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters helps fight FNO. That's because Troubled Waters stimulates your joy zone. On Troubled Waters, two comedians will battle one another for pop culture supremacy. So join me, Dave Holmes, for two, two, two doses of Troubled Waters a month. The cure for your news overload. Available on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So, okay, we've talked about a lot of the ways that libraries are amazing. Now let's answer some questions about the library. And yeah. this, some of these might seem very basic questions, but if you, there's a lot of people who grew up like in families that didn't use the library a lot. So you might, it might not be familiar to you. So we're going to answer some of this stuff. And first one is, how do you get your library card? Okay. Um, many, many libraries, uh, you can actually just get it online. Uh, like an e-card, you can do that now, or you can go to your physical library uh, and get the card there. And you usually need uh, ID and proof of a residence uh, like a bill. Yeah, so we when we got our new library cards up here, we actually, all of our bills are e-bills. Yeah. Like we, so we, we brought our rental agreement for our house and our driver's licenses, and we got our library cards through them. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's, it only took, I think, like 15 minutes. It, we just filled out it. We got there. Um, we uh, filled out a short form. The librarians were super nice, especially because we were both like we're authors. And I, I didn't even realize I was wearing my Libby shirt, <laughs> my Libby sweatshirt when I went in. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we're really, we're pretty into the library. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, the whole experience took about 15 minutes. It was wicked easy. We just filled out a little form on the, one of their computers and then they gave us our library cards and it was awesome. And your librarian is going to want to work with you on this. I will. I also remember when I moved to LA, I had no bills in my name because I lived in like a back 
house and everything else was online. And, and uh, basically, the librarian worked with me and I had just like a random piece of mail and they were willing to take that. So, I mean, here's the nice thing about the library is that you're working with librarians who are generally nice and there to help the public. So they're going to be helpful people. Yes. Um, just a FYI, check when it, your library card expires. That was one of the things they told us when we got our new library cards is that they, I think... Up here, they, they expire pretty quickly. They mm. expire like within a year or a few months because the town that I live in now is sort of a touristy place. And a lot of people live here like temporarily, especially hikers. Um, but some libraries like the um, Los Angeles Library have indefinite cards. Yeah. Um, some need to get renewed, but it's never going to cost you anything. Just like keep an eye on it. So Mallory, what about the dreaded late fees? Remember late fees? Oh, late fees. And I know that a lot of people have a lot of fear about late fees. Yeah. I actually was listening to a Book Riot podcast a while ago where um, one of the hosts actually hadn't been to her local library in years and years because she had never returned a book. And she was so terrified that like she was going to walk into the library and like alarms were going to go off and like a big net was going to come down and they were going to like haul her off to jail. Um, that's not how it works. It's not as scary. Uh, so lots of libraries are actually doing away with late fees now, which is really cool. Uh, check with your library. Um, it's been shown that actually getting rid of late fees make people makes people bring back their books more often. Yeah. Um, it, but, of course, it does differ from library to library. The cool thing is, though, if there are late fees, they usually get capped. So it's not uh, – th there's all these sort of – like this, in movies and shows and stuff, there's all these jokes about, I didn't return a library book in 1955, and so I've been running up a tab since then. Like that's not how it works. It gets capped capped uh it usually will get capped at like five bucks or ten bucks or sometimes the cost of the book um but it, it, if you never returned a book like it's okay you, you're not you don't have like a hundred thousand dollar library bill that and you know you can go back to your local library it's okay yeah I, uh, just I, bring I, it back yeah and i will say i did have a very high late fee one it wasn't a late fee it's because the book got destroyed when I first moved to Los Angeles, my roommate destroyed my fucking book. And I and oh. I remember I went I had this huge fee. It was like 60 bucks or something. Uh, but uh, you know, it was worth it at the end of the day, because I, you know, I need I use I get so many free books from the library. It was a big deal at the time, obviously. Still a lot of money, but it was totally worth it. But most library uh, here's the other thing. I think they would probably work with you again. Like if you go in and you're like, I, you owe 60 bucks to be like, can I pay this off like 10 bucks a month or something? I'm sure that you could do make some sort of deal like that. Yeah. So, Bria, tell me about interlibrary loans. I, I think there fo some folks might not realize what that means. Yeah, it's a free service many libraries have where if you want the, a book and it's not at your local library or your local branch, they'll order it from another library within their system, which is really cool. I used to do it all of the time, and I know you do it all the time. Oh, yeah. God, I do it a ton for one for work, cause especially yeah. like I'm always like I'm, re I'm in the process of researching a new nonfiction book right now. So I'm always looking up like these very obscure books that haven't right. been checked out in like 40 years. Right. Um, and <laughs> their library, the, the, ordering them online is great. Like all you got to do is um, just put a hold on it. It shows you what branch it's at and that'll it'll um make its way to you they'll they'll put in a hold your your branch will put in a hold for it and they'll uh if you read the library book by Susan Orlean she talks a lot about how that works in like right. in, in in Los Angeles specifically but like in a big city like how there's just like a transportation system like in amongst all the the library branches and how they all swap books and it's really really cool um i also do this with um 
with books that I'm reading for fun. I the, the first book I checked out from my new library was a book that my branch didn't have. And they're like, no worries. Well, there's an, there's another branch down the mountain that has it and we'll get it for you. Um, and it's don't ever, don't ever feel bad about it. It's just like a thing. It's a, it's a really, really common thing. And it's absolutely fantastic. I take advantage of it like every week. Yeah. And, and um, I don't know if they still do this, but Los Angeles used to, if you didn't, the only time you got pinged is if you didn't go pick up your interlibrary loan and then you had to pay one yes. one dollar per book that you didn't pick and, up and i will say i won't out my my old library branch but there, were, there was a couple times where i was late and they didn't charge me the no that's fee. nice that's nice but i understand because like oh we just ordered like 100 books that we never picked up that kind of it, it yeah we, sh- we literally drove this book over the across the across town for you and you didn't pick it up yeah um but sometimes you can also if you're going to be late like say this this happened to me a couple of times where I would like put a book on hold and I didn't wouldn't like I didn't know when it was going to be coming in and then I'd have like a trip scheduled like if I was on yeah. tour or something and then I'd get an e- like an email hey your book is in I'd be like oh shit I'm not going to be in town for the next week so I'd just call them and say hey I have all these holds here but I'm traveling I'm going to pick it up on this date and it was totally fine yeah yeah um, so Bria, you want to talk about one of your favorite things in the world to do? Recommending a book for the library to buy? Love recommending a book. Sure do. Uh, I do this digitally. Um, and, uh, basically I go on overdrive. If you're going, if you're, you're like, oh, this book is coming out in like two weeks or six months, whatever. And, and it's not out yet. This is something I like to do a lot. Or if it's out and they don't have it, um, I'll go into overdrive. I'll type it in. It's obviously not going to be available if it's not coming out till next month. Um, but it usually gives you the op- option like 99% of the time to recommend it uh, for your library to purchase, which is awesome because that means one, they're going to purchase this book that you want to read. So you don't have to purchase it. They're going to purchase it for you. Um, and two, you get to support that author, which is great. But it also means three, I'll give you a list of three. Uh, it means you're automatically uh, put on the list of holds. Uh, so you get it. I will get it like right away when it comes out or at the very least, I'm usually like high up in the list. Cause I recommended it. Cause it'll just put me automatically on this holds list. So it's awesome. It's a little library hack for you. <laughs> I mean that, what is better than being the number one on the holds list? Oh, that it's is... so wonderful. It is great when you move on up. Uh, Mall- Mallory, you want to talk <laughs> about uh, a library book sale? I sure as fuck do. Library book sales are heaven. Um, so a lot of libraries do this. This is when it's usually a few times a year, like one to three times a year. A library needs to get rid of books that they haven't checked, that haven't been checked out in a long time, or a book that the library just has too many copies of, and you know, n- not enough, too many copies enough, like too many copies for the amount of people who check it out. Yeah. Um, so they'll have a huge sale where they'll sell all these books for really cheap. Um, most, a lot of, I see a, a lot of library sales that are like 50 cents a book or a dollar yeah. a book, which if you were a book collector, that is catnip for you. Yeah. Um, and if you collect print books, this is a really good thing to keep an eye on, especially like maybe you read a book earlier in the year from the library and you loved it a lot and want to own a copy and then you can buy one from the library. It's amazing. Um, finally, Mallory, how do we, the public, make libraries better? So in the Slack channel, I asked, I was asking people how they, um, how they use the library. And um, Julia, who is a librarian, s- sent this really great message. And I asked her if I could read it on the podcast. And she said yes. Um, so 
I'm going to read I'm going to read her message and it says a lot of the work to make libraries more equitable will happen from the inside but members of the public can be really helpful in making change easier. A lot of change gets resisted because quote unquote our community isn't like that or doesn't want that. Um and what we're talking about right now is, you know, making sure it is less racist and more gender inclusive, and more LGBTQ friendly, those kinds of things. Uh, So Julia says some things that the general public can do are serve on library boards or advisory committees and advocate there for equity, diversity and inclusion, Uh, advocate to elected officials on library issues uh, for those same issues. Also dollars. Uh, You know, you always want to make sure your elected officials know how important the library is to you and the community. Um, Ask for and check out materials by diverse creators. Ask for and attend library programs and events that are by and about people from diverse communities. Most public libraries in the U.S. are popular libraries, and they will respond to the public, but we also need to hear what that is. So thank you, Julia, for that. That is a really cool thing. So if you um, really want to see, want to want to help your, help your library, want to um, make sure that your community is caring about the library as much as you care about it, uh, this is a really cool thing. I, I definitely want to check into this, uh, especially where I I live locally. I would love to be like, also, how cool is that? Like, you could get so many dates. Like, I'm on the library advisory board. Like, <laughs> amazing. I literally just sat here and I was like, how do you, I mean, that sounds like a great use of your time, good way to help your community. What a wonderful suggestion. Yeah. And that's, you know, it, it's I love part how you of said a great way to get dates. Yeah, like, are you just oh, telling yeah. people that at the bar? Like, what is the plan there? Oh, God. If I was on a date, if I really wanted to press a guy, I would totally be like, oh, yeah, I'm on the library advisory board. <laughs> or if, like, Jeremy and I, when we first started dating, if he was like, I'm on the library advisory board. Oh, my God. That's a panty dropper. That's wow. so sexy. Okay. <laughs> Incredible. That's, I would be, ex- one, it's very impressive. Two, it's very sexy. Community service is very sexy. People who like do community service or who volunteer or stuff like that, I'm like, wow, this is a this is an upstanding citizen. Well, that's yeah, that's it's, it's something that we did when we 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 went to our our new library here for the first time. We were like, listen, if there's anything we can do with volunteer opportunities, please let us know. Uh, it's also a fun way to to meet people in the community. Um, you know, obviously both of us are library users first and foremost in the way that we just like getting books to read. But we we more and more see from Glassers and from, from everyone who writes in uh, to, to tell us about it, how important libraries are to their community. So if you are looking to make new friends, looking to get connected more to your community, see what's going on, learn things, there's about a 5 million things that going to the library is good for. Um, so like we said in the last segment, if you want to find out about all this stuff, all you got to do is ask your library, go to their website, check it out, see, see what's on offer. Uh, you might be really, really surprised at the kind of programs and services that your library offers absolutely for fucking free. That's just truly amazing. So you can send your thoughts in the way that you use the library to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Now let's interview TL Huchu, author of the library of the dead. So here we are with author T.L. Huchu. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. What are you reading right now? I've just finished Jenny Fagan's fantastic Luck and Booth. And I'm just about to go into C.T. Reese's Requiem Moon, which is a sequel to his stunning fantasy novel that came out last year called uh, Scarlet Odyssey. 
and I can't wait to dig into this. Both of those titles sound absolutely fantastic. But speaking of absolutely fantastic titles, do you want to tell us about your new book, The Library of the Dead? Yeah. Um, the book is about Ropa Moyo, who's a teenager who lives in a slum on the outskirts of Edinburgh. And she's a ghost stoker. She's out of school. She earns her living delivering messages from the dead to the living for a fee, of course. Um, and one day... A ghost asks her to find her missing kid. Um, and Ropa is initially re reluctant, but eventually she gets dragged into it. And the case sort of like leads her into these fantastic adventures involving occult libraries, villainous villains, and all sorts of like spooky goings on in, in Edinburgh. We do love spooky goings on. We both absolutely love this book. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. And I loved the lead character. Um, I really loved that she felt like an outsider in all in every world she lived in or went to. She kind of felt like an outsider. And it, it was not a character I've seen very often. Why did you choose her as a character? And can you just tell us a little bit more about her? I think in a sense, it's, it's a reaction to some of my favorite heroes. Um, thinking about sort of like popular culture. I'm into Marvel as much as anyone else. Uh, but I think it's pretty easy to be Tony Stark or T'Challa or Bruce Wayne. You know, their heroism happens because they have the resources to fund it. And Ropa is really poor. She looks after her gran and her little sister. She lives in a slum. And that kind of person isn't often your heroic figure. And what I wanted to do was to have a hero for whom those acts of heroism would have a cost. And as you find through the text, Ropa's decision to help out this ghost find her missing child actually has some really, you know, devastating repercussions for her own circumstances. But the voice of the outsider also allows you to sort of like delve into certain things about society um, that an insider might not even notice. And so that's the whole idea of having a character with an alternative perspective. I mean, Edinburgh is a pretty, I'd like to say global city in the sense that everyone thinks they know Edinburgh or know of Edinburgh, which is sort of like the historical center, this Gothic, um, really historic type of city. But Edinburgh, I mean, Ropa doesn't even live in the center of Edinburgh. She lives on the outskirts, on the margins. And so this was a way for me to tell a very different story to the stories about Edinburgh, Scotland, you know, um, the stories that I've had before about these particular locations. And, and that's why she works fantastically for me as the writer. Well, I, I absolutely loved her. And um, I've actually, do you live in Edinburgh? I do. I've, I've lived in Edinburgh since 2005. I came here as a student, thought I was only going to do my degree and leave. Then I fell in love with the city um, and stayed on. But you can imagine this is the city where sort of like J.K. Rowling does her thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Strauss has worked in Edinburgh, uh, E&M Banks, who's now late. So it's a good city to be in if, if you're right. It's a very literary city. I mean, you think of uh, Scott Stevenson, all those great writers that passed through Edinburgh. So there is a vibe, there is a literary culture. We're gonna have to visit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I am happy to be your tour guide. <laughs> so, well, speaking of the city, one of the things that is so amazing in this um, book is the world building. And I think one of the first questions Bria and I had after reading this was, when's the next one? <laughs> is there more in this world? And I, I think it's coming out next year, the sequel to this? Yeah, the sequel is Our Lady of Mysterious Ailments. And I've Love just it. turned that into my agent. And from there, it will be going to the publisher. And hopefully... It should be out um, next spring. Oh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So this episode is all about one of our favorite things, libraries. And this book, obviously by the title, highlights how important libraries are. But one thing that we love about it is it highlights how important libraries are to many different types of people. And the, there are many different ways people use the library. So you personally, as a writer and a reader, what do you use the library for? Are you getting books to, to read for fun? Are you doing a lot of research? Are you doing both? Because I, I write and work from home, the library is a good place to just go and kick back and, and, and almost be in the company of other readers sometimes. Uh, but out here in Scotland, libraries play a very sort of like crucial social role even. Uh, it's a place where you can go get advice if you need advice on, on sort of like uh, various things. Um, it's a place where you can go, you know, if your printer isn't working, you can go use it at the library. If you're not online, you can go to the library and stuff like that. So there is a lot more to the library than just books. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, I just dig being in those spaces. Sometimes when I, when the writing is going a little bit, not too well, um, <laughs> I, I visit my library just to get that recharge, you know, that, that reinvigoration that you feel um, in these cathedrals of books. Yeah. Oh, we, I totally, totally uh, empathize with that. Uh, we both are huge library users. So, I mean, my favorite location in the book is the Library of the Dead. It is so cool. Or did you draw any inspiration from fictional libraries or real libraries for it? In a sense, I wanted to have something that's slightly anti-library in the sense that it's not a very welcoming environment for Opa. Mm -hmm. Now, my experience with most libraries I've been to is the librarians do want you in there using that space. But some of the inspiration is even drawn from churches as well. I, I think of the library as a sacred space. Um, and so you'll find the design actually comes from these, these wonderful churches that are dug into a hill in Ethiopia. I think it's called Lalibela, but don't quote me on that because I'm not 100%. And what they did is they literally dug into a mountain and built these churches that are almost like sculptures emerging from, from the rock face. And so the Library of the Dead is dug into Carlton Hill, which is a hill in the city center in Edinburgh. And I thought that would be a very interesting location to have a library in the sense that it is hidden. It doesn't want you to discover it. But should you stumble across the library of the dead, then you are going to read shit that you won't encounter anywhere else. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, are there any libraries that you dream about visiting? Are there any ones that you studied for this or, or anything else or, or ones that you love that you could tell us about? My hometown, uh, Bindura in Zimbabwe, has this quaint little library that's in an old house that has um, 
has this roof. Uh, it's, it's a zinc sort of like metal sheeting roof. So when it rains, you can hear the rain splatter on the roof. And it's a very tiny affair, just a couple of rooms in an old house. Um, and I once stole a book from that library, which was The World According to Gap uh, by John Ivan. And I never returned it. And my dream one day is, should I ever make enough money, I'll build my little hometown a new library and replace that particular text that I owe them. That is amazing. (laughs) I love it. Uh, So for you as a reader, what is your reader wheelhouse? What are the subjects or tropes that will always get you to pick up a book? I am pretty gregarious as a reader, but I want to be entertained. All right. Um, I'm not one of those people that wants to grind through a joyless text that promises some profound meditation on the human condition. <laughs> so when I read the blurb, I, I, I want to be in the hands of an assured storyteller. Uh, but genre doesn't really matter to me. I mean, it, it I've read sort of like real literary novels that aren't whiz bang, that don't have any grenades or gunfire, but that are very, very entertaining. Uh, and that's what I'm seeking. If I'm going to pay my £7.99 or whatever to read your book, then you have to keep me hooked throughout. Amazing. Well, readers can can definitely get that with Library of the Dead. We are both hooked from the very first chapter. So where where can we buy, where where can listeners buy Library of the Dead and where can we find you online? Um, You can find me on Twitter at Tendai Huchu, um, or if you're old school and fancy emailing uh, mrhuchu at gmail.com. But you can get my books from most good bookstores in in the US and in the UK, or online from various websites like bookshop.org or the website that shall not be named. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for for having me. This was a lot of fun. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags and shirts and stickers in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, you can rate and review it in iTunes for free. It's like getting us a free present. It's great for us. It helps us reach more listeners, makes us feel really fancy about ourselves. Email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.